We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. All right. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm trying to think of another word other than excited, but I can't come up with one. I just, I, ecstatic. I don't even, I don't know how to put into words how much I've been looking forward to this interview. As most of you know, and if you don't, you'll soon find this out about me. I'm pretty much a guinea pig to anything in the world of wellness. You can put me in a cold plunge that's 30 degrees. You could put me in a sauna. I'll, I will I will do anything and everything just to find out what's going to help me feel the best that I can. And then I discovered Kinfolk. And I still have a hard time describing to people what it's done for me. So hopefully this podcast will kind of help explain of what what they do there and how it's benefited me and how it could benefit you. So a little backstory, one of my wonderful clients was looking to get her back adjusted, like a typical chiropractor would maybe like crack your back or, you know, put your like crack your neck. I don't know. I've never been scares me. But uh, she goes, finds it on Yelp, goes, calls me the next day is pretty emotional. And she's like, I don't know what happened. It was the most amazing experience, but I'm just a mess. And so we talked about it and that was it. It was like, okay, that, that probably needed to come out. And then a couple weeks later, I get an email from Kinfolk and introducing themselves. And I was like, oh, like this is, I've, I've been like curious about what they do there. So I ended up getting coffee with the wonderful ladies of Kinfolk and we were just so aligned. We could have talked for hours, but we definitely didn't have hours to do that. So that's why they're here today because now we can talk about it. But they wanted to meet a coach that's in the same world of wellness. And so we had um, tea. Actually, we didn't have coffee. And that was kind of where it started. So They invited me for a session and I was all for it, as you know, guinea pig with wellness. And that was the most amazing experience of my life because it was the first time that I understood what the heck was going on in my body. I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my body. And that is exactly what they help you figure out. So hi, welcome to the show. (laughs) That's, uh, That's what's on my mind. So I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself and say hello to my listeners. So I am Keiko, and I didn't know that whole backstory. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I found you. Sweet Caitlin. She (laughs) called me. She's like, you got to go. And I was like, okay. (laughs) That's great. Um, So yeah, I'm a chiropractor. I'm one of the chiropractors at Kinfolk Optimal Living. And, you know, just backstory, I'm a native Arizonan, and I am passionate and if not borderline obsessed with just how the human body works and how we experience life, how we integrate life, how we process life and information and how we can have a quality life. So um, that's kind of the gist of me. Mm. Short and sweet. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm Sarah and I'm the other chiropractor at Kinfolk uh, and I'm from Canada and I am like Keiko, just obsessed with the human nervous system and how that shapes how we view our our life and our world and how we show up in the world. 
and just giving people an understanding of how this all works within their body so that they can create a life that makes them truly happy from the inside out. Mm, Absolutely. So was that just something that you were both just drawn to or how do you find your way into like becoming that obsessed with the human body and the nervous system? Yeah, I think uh, you don't know it exists like that depth of feeling in your body, in your mind and what's possible. So I think a lot of us, uh, I mean, I was a lost person. We've all been there. Um, but you kind of end up searching for something that is outside of you a bit until you find that like that inner light inside you. And then it just opens up a multidimensional world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been curious about how the mind works. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a manipulative child. Like the family <laughs> of four, I knew how to manipulate, take all the Halloween candy. <laughs> it's just interesting. Like, why do we do those things as kids? What's the filter? Why do we all have such a different perspective? Why do we end up being passionate about different things, having different values? So the world of psychology is extremely interesting to me. And then taking neuroscience and overlaying that and then seeing just how people live their lives, I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. And I think in addition to that, we just fell in love with the philosophy of chiropractic. Um, I had, you know, a lot of health challenges in my teenage years. And I went through the medical system and they are always looking for what's wrong with you. (laughs) And it wasn't until I went to a chiropractor and they told me what's right with me Mm. that I viewed everything that was going on in my my body so differently. Um, And yeah, an adjustment changed my life. And it changed my course in life dramatically. It was amazing. That is, I mean, it's so true. It's so, we're so used to being told what we're doing wrong, but we never get to focus on like, what we're actually doing right or what's going right in your body. So I want to give you a chance to explain about what makes your chiropractic practice different than most. Like why Caitlin went <laughs> to get her back cracked and came out feeling like a, like an emotional release. <laughs> well, thank you to Yelp for sending Caitlin. <laughs> that never happens. You know, I think at stereotypical chiropractic, and we're not here to compare right. and say that we're better. It's just a different approach. Much like an artist, you can have a different style and a way of expressing your art form. Um, But we're gentle. It's a gentle adjustment. We create a neurosensory experience. So everything you smell, what you see, the temperature in the room, everything is taken into account. There's a lot of intention that goes into that studio. And it would drive you nuts if you actually knew all the things (laughs) we were trying to control in the studio. But it's really about creating an ambiance and an Mm. environment to induce a relaxing state. And I've always been a huge proponent of why would you adjust someone if they were uncomfortable or not in a relaxed state? Mm. So the 15, 20 minutes allows time for the nerve system to fully reset, Mm -hmm. allows you to get comfortable on the table. People feel like they're falling asleep, but you're actually dropping into a different brainwave frequency. So there's a lot of great, beautiful work happening in there. Um, and it's something to feel. You mm-hmm. can't necessarily explain it. It's so hard to explain. It, that's very true. I mean, everything that you just said, it is as soon as, as soon as I walk in, my body's like, oh, like I always say, <laughs> it's the best 20 minutes of my day. Other than when I get to cuddle with my husband, that's, that's, the, that's the best, but that's the second best. That says a lot because I'm always doing things that are fun throughout my day, but it's very true. And it's interesting that you say that how much goes into the behind the scenes, because I can 
a hundred percent. Like I can tell from every, from the minute you walk in to the smell, to the sound, to how peaceful it is. Like there's a workout class <laughs> that they're dropping weights and you have no idea that that's going on. And I don't know if it's soundproof, but it's crazy. I have no idea that that's going on. You know, I mean, I know cause I know body, but it is really impressive how like that, whatever you're doing behind yeah. the scenes is really working. Cause I mean, I just like lay down on that table and I melt into it. Yeah. I'm going into a different brainwave. So can you explain how that works a little bit? Yeah. So we spend 20 minutes with our people. And again, like Keiko said, it's designed 20 minutes because that's how long it takes the nervous system to reset. And then our work is very much a tonal approach to chiropractic. So it's, um, it's like tuning a guitar string. You know, we create tension throughout our body and we take really light, gentle contacts to unwind the system. Um, it's really difficult to explain uh, without drawing a whole bunch of different right. pictures, yeah. right? But essentially, it's like tuning a guitar string. It's all these access points into the nervous system to create balance of what's happening in your brain. And that is obviously reflected through the body. Right. Yeah. I, I often feel like you know what's going on better than I do. Like sometimes when I leave, I'm like, you're like, how's your day? I'm like, great. And then after I get adjusted, they're like, well, it's probably not having that great of a day because <laughs> I feel that there's something going on in her head. <laughs> like I always leave laughing about that. I'm like, they probably know that like something's off. <laughs> do you pick up on that though? I'm sure. Cause it's all energy, yeah. right? Like if yeah. you have people that, I mean, you see so many people and I want to explain, I want to explain to uh, listeners what kinfolk means and kind of how it's right. all set up mm-hmm. and why you do it that way. Uh, but you do see so many people throughout the day. Like how do you protect your energy when people are coming in at you with all sorts of different types of energy? Yeah. Uh, we get asked that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Like how do we not take on energy? How do we really keep the portal really clean? Um, and I think we do our own inner work, which I think is important for everyone to do, but a lot of it is just really intention. And there's such a good feeling of everyone is just doing their own inner healing work Mm. back there that to me, I have the belief system that I'm not going to take on something that I wouldn't want to own. And it's really cool that anyone could walk in with any type of pattern, but just, I think the vibration of love and being open and just being present with someone just it, it takes the cake. It radiates so much that to me, that's the force field mm. and it kind of just dissipates anything that you would think is a dark pattern or, you know, uneven energy or whatnot. Um, so that's what I focus on. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we could go into the quantum physics of it all, mm-hmm. but when you're cr- creating changes through someone's system, everyone in the room is benefiting from mm-hmm. that, including us as practitioners. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're in a way adjusting yourself all day yeah. too, which is really magical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Oh, that is so interesting that you say that too, because like really when it, when there is an intention and people that walk in the door, you have to be open to it, yeah. right? Like you have to be, and, and so you are on the same page. There is that intention that there yeah. is healing that's going on. So mm-hmm. it does really shift the energy, I'm sure, because yeah. of that. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So I always wonder, but the way that you just explain it makes so much sense. Well, and it's much like if you go to a yoga class or a spin class, if there were one or two people riding their bikes in there or doing poses, the energy is not as high. Right. But when you walk in mm-hmm. and it's 20, 30 people, I mean, look at body next door. Right. Oh. The energy mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. So that draws people in and it brings a lot of like-minded people in that community and they built an amazing culture with that. Right. So our culture of healing, we are 
all here to collectively right. heal. Absolutely. And when that's a huge intention, you're working not just on yourself, but something bigger than yourself. Right. And it's cool. Like you lay next to someone and, you know, we have people cry. We have people laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything comes out. But the fact that the person, you might not know who that is next to you, but you feel for that person. Right. And you hold space too. It's such a dynamic energy. Like when you come in the studio, you add something different to the room. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so beautiful is the energy is always shifting and moving in that room. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's our little cave. Yeah. <laughs> Healing cave. We call Healing it Batman cave. cave. Batman cave. Batman yeah. cave. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like. It's a very nice cave. Yeah. I'm very, I've, yeah. Um, I love that cave. Um, so that's so interesting because it kind of makes you think about how you, like anyone can approach any situation with that intention of just, yeah. love you know right. and how that would just shift in energy with interaction with friends family strangers yeah holding so, spaces there's an art to holding space yeah and it should be sacred you know when you sit down to eat it should be sacred mm-hmm. and some people need to say you know a blessing or whatnot some people just want to hold hands maybe it's just looking at your partner's eyes and saying i love you you right. know like right. but making things more sacred i think we miss that mm-hmm. in our culture and our society so bringing a lot of intention to that is huge so how would someone get back to that like keeping things that way? What would be just something that they could do, like a small step they could take? I think breath work is the most accessible ingredient to taking you into a sacred present state. Mm. And it's so, it seems so easy, but yet how hard is it to, you know, yellow light, red light, you want to run the red light, you know, time to take a breath. So it's a, it takes practice. Mm -hmm. I think presence and dropping into yourself takes a little bit of time and practice. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always, I'll kind of like initiate a snap for myself mm-hmm. and there's the five second rule, which is great. Mel Robbins talks mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. but I think breath work, just knowing where your breath is mm-hmm. and then connecting to this, we get so disconnected from this. There's one major channel in the body <laughs> right. and that's the channel we work with. Right. And it's the life force that runs through it. So when you can connect to that and embody where you are, I think you can actually find that sacredness mm-hmm. and it's huge. It's endless. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. Um, it, yeah. It's why we say, well, I didn't pick this up. I picked this up from someone else, but common sense isn't common practice. Mm. So with breath work, it's like, yeah, I should remember to breathe. Yeah. So even if it's just a reminder on your phone and that, you know, the Apple watch has that nice feature of like breathe. It can like, <laughs> it can uh, detect your heart rate. Yeah. Uh, but definitely just that reminder throughout the day to like breathe and I I think after my session yesterday you had me like do this humming breath and that I mean I did that all day and I could feel it throughout my whole entire body but I don't know if I hadn't been getting like these adjustments if I wouldn't be able to feel it Mm -hmm. as much because I've I've been going since before like May maybe and I'm way more in tune with my body and how it feels more than I ever have so when I do stuff like focused breath I can feel it in my heart or the areas that need the need that flow Uh, so what does kinfolk mean like what's the definition and what's it mean to both of you right so kinfolk means family without blood relations Mm -hmm. so the name just kind of found us at chiropractic school it was really kind of a special moment where we just saw kinfolk and then we looked it up and it was perfect Uh, but to us it's just creating community uh, and like Keiko said, a community that where people can come together and collectively heal and, and hold space for one another. Yeah, I think, you know, I come from a really big family, but sometimes your family, you don't feel like that's your tribe. 
And there's a lot of, you know, everyone's trying to build their own tribe and community and collectives. And I think that's so amazing. Like, you know, if anything, create something where people can come together and everyone feels that support. And I think we need more of that in our culture. But we were part of a, a really great group in Dallas during chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. And it was an underground chiropractic group. Mm-hmm. So not everyone knew about it. And it was just very sacred, very authentic, very real. Mm-hmm. And real <laughs> stuff came out. And, you know, it's how do you find people where you can be that vulnerable and that you can get cracked mm-hmm. and be okay to cry and, you know, talk about the tough stuff mm-hmm. and talk about where you truly are at because mm-hmm. that doesn't always fully get expressed. I know we might look like we're thriving, <laughs> optimal living, whatever, but we have our moments mm-hmm. and God, I have one today, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's, that's what makes us human. Mm-hmm. And that's what really connects us is that core piece that, we're all just striving to be a little bit better uh, and a little bit more whole. Mm-hmm. So definitely. I love all of that because it is true. It's like when you can just own your human emotions and not have to stuff them down, mm-hmm. then that allows deeper connection and it allows to create that community and that tribe. So I definitely agree with that. And it's like, we don't have to have it all together, you know, and even it's like optimal living, but it's like, yeah, we still, we still have our moments. That happens with me a lot as a coach. A lot of my clients put me on this pedestal and they like imagine me just having all of my ducks in a row and all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, I wouldn't even be able to be a coach if I had my shit together. You know, I'm like, I'm able to take what I've learned and like share that because I love helping people feel good. That's just a core value of mine that all day long, like I want to feel good and I want to help people feel good. Uh, but through that, there was experience to, to get myself there. So, uh, definitely, definitely on the same page with (laughs) that. Uh, so what are some like daily practices that, that you do that keep you in that grounded present state that helps you feel good Mm -hmm. so you can hold space for other people to feel good? Because I know particularly like I have to be in a really good space to do that for my Mm. clients and anyone in my life yeah so I journal every morning Mm. I write three pages Mm. if I want to or not (laughs) (laughs) morning pages morning pages and it's just whatever comes to my mind Mm. I could be writing like I don't want to write anything and and no punctuation who cares about spelling mistakes it's just whatever I'm thinking about Mm. gets offloaded onto the page and for me, it just clears my head because I find that I have a really like busy, active mind. So for me, it's sort of like a meditation, a, a morning meditation. Um, and then we always do the highlight of our day mm-hmm. and practice gratitude at every meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have like this ritual with our meals where we, we bless our food, we eat really slowly. Um, just taking something that you do every single day and how can you create a ritual that slows you down, makes mm-hmm. you more present and mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Slowness. I'm, I'm a fiery sign and Sarah, if anything, brings a lot of groundedness and I may seem very grounded in the studio, but I'm fast. So she makes me eat with chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Eating with chopsticks will definitely okay. slow you down. Well, that, that was my next question because that's what, like, that's my thing. Like, I've always, I'm very similar. Like, I am go, 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 go. Like, I, I don't have time to eat. Like, I have to, like, shovel yeah. it down while I'm doing 50,000 things. And then once I got into nutrition, it was like, oh, oh, I need to slow down. And I yeah. still, it's still a problem. So chopsticks? Is that Chopsticks. A, chopsticks. Okay. And then using your left hand, it works Okay, I'm going to try both of those things because I've gotten better, 
but man, that's definitely like, that's my thing that I'm working on. Yeah. I mean, adding, we always say like people live like two feet on the gas pedal and sometimes we forget to put on the brake. Mm. And then you have people that try to hit the brake and the gas at the same time. And that just cancels each other out. So I think just installing moments, and if you need to schedule it, schedule it if you're one of those people. Mm -hmm. But anytime I can add a break, like I do that. If there's a break in the adjusting sessions, like I'll just literally stand there in the back room Mm -hmm. and just take in the space. Um, So I think just adding breaks, they're Mm -hmm. huge. Slowing down, you know, feeling where your feet are, Mm -hmm. just simply connecting to the earth, um, I think is awesome. And so how did so how did you get to slow down if you were fiery? Like what was the process to to slow you down? Well, it took ten days of a silent meditation. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I've I've been like I've been thinking about doing a silent meditation retreat. Oh man. You know, yeah. I think if you really want to feel what slow is, because who has any idea? You know, we have our day from nine to nine is planned. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you can fit in a little bit of me time, maybe. Mm-hmm. But until you like create the experience and go somewhere where you intentionally have to, you know, I went to a meditation retreat, it's 10 days silence, nobody talks. There could be a spider in the room and people don't say a thing. You know, it's a to feel what that quietness is and then to see how busy the mind actually is. But over time on day three, you peak and everything calms down. Mm. And it's the first time I've ever felt my mind go quiet. Wow. And that's a, that is a people feat. pay anything to let their mind go quiet. Yeah. So I think uh, that for me, I was gifted with that experience mm-hmm. and that was huge. And that kind of put things into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. You're always quiet. I feel so. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I was raised on a sheep dairy farm. <laughs> and so I feel like I just live with the cycle of the day mm-hmm. and it was just very slow. And it wasn't until I moved to a big city because mm-hmm. I'm from a town of what, 300 people. Like, it's really small. And so when I moved to a big city, it's like there's this pulse. And you just want to keep up with the pulse of the city. Mm. So just finding. And I think another thing is, like, it doesn't need to be a large chunk of time. Mm. Like, I think if we don't have three hours, we're not going to do it. So finding even those, like, seven-minute windows Mm -hmm. to take advantage and just go put your feet in the grass. Like, find some nature yeah dive into it and slow down Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. what would you say like slowing down and happiness have to do with one another oh, that's when I'm happiest mm. <laughs> yeah you know I, I think slowing down it just makes you feel like you're present it engages mm. all the senses and if that helps you slow down like what do I actually feel like tactily feel something mm-hmm. or what do I actually see what do I actually hear and I think meditation is super powerful for all of us because you do engage the senses in a very still way. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, what else do we do? To slow down? Yeah. I'm sure we do a lot. But I don't even know, but... Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, what I, what's coming up for me is vacations. I was you know, just thinking Like those. when you're on a vacation, you <laughs> yeah. slow down. And that's yeah, why people like, yeah. you just mm-hmm. naturally slow down to take in the experience yeah. so I always think about how to incorporate that in just day to day because I like I've gone from like go 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 like squeeze every hour out of every day and if I don't then it's not yes. a successful day and I have been doing meditation I've been meditating uh 20 minutes two times a day mm-hmm. and it's been a game changer and then plus yeah. going to see you that's another 20 minutes <laughs> so I'm like 
I am like <laughs> all of a sudden and, and, and it really is like, I've noticed such a shift and like, I don't have to like constantly be doing cause one of my favorite yoga instructors, John Salisbury said one time in class, we're human beings, not human doings. And that mm-hmm. tiny cute little phrase statement has stuck with me. For, yeah. I mean, this has been years and I haven't really embodied that. I'm like, Oh, I like that. Well, let me get right back to my day. <laughs> but now that I'm really understanding the art of slowing down and doing less, it's like really starting to fulfill, especially as you start a business and there's always stuff to do. Yeah. So to take that time to slow it down and like give yourself permission, I think is ultimately what it comes down to because we live in a burnout society and it's like, we don't get a badge. We wear a fake badge of honor for burning ourselves out and working all these insane hours, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't for what we're not getting a gold star at the end of our life, (laughs) you know, for all the days that we're burnt out. So I love that you brought that up and how that has everything to do with happiness because it's so simple. Like Mm -hmm. most things, (laughs) it just, we overcomplicate it. Uh, So with the adjustments of the adjustments, they are gentle and, it helps people slow down. How, like, did you always know that that was the type of chiropractor that you wanted to get into? Or how did that, how did you both find it? And then how did you meet? I want to know. I'm curious about all these things. So fill me in. Yeah. So my mentor growing up practiced a tonal approach. She used an instrument though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going through school, uh, we got introduced to other mentors and they used the approaches we use in the studio now. So I always have known that I wanted to use like a really gentle approach. Um, but again, it's just finding your expression of art through these different approaches and combining them together. <clears throat> so, yeah. And then how do you want to add how you? So, well, the club that we were part or not club, but um, the community that we were part of in Dallas, uh, they adjusted in a very different style. And you would walk in. It was kind of her practice. It was a, a house mm-hmm. and she converted it into a practice. And it's one of those places you walk in and you just feel love radiating mm. everywhere. Mm. And she'd have 20 people in her waiting area, just waiting for adjustment. She took no scheduling. It was just open adjusting. Wow. And uh, yeah, you'd go in there and you just want to hang out. Like that's the place you want to be. You know, you just go, you can just sit there and be there and just take in the energy. Um, so I had my first adjustment with her and Dr. Autumn was incredible. She spoke volumes about the philosophy and just gave us a different paradigm of how to trust the body Mm -hmm. and how to look more at what you know we have within us not outside of us and uh the first adjustment I had by her I just I couldn't hold back tears and it was like the floodgates had Mm -hmm. opened and all she did is connect to my system and then release something with me Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's all it takes it just takes you know I'm here I got you Mm -hmm. and I just from that moment I just was so passionate about learning about what that was do you know what was released? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, this scared inner child that felt lost and didn't know left from right and up from down and was trying to fulfill a lot in her life that just was empty in meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what really opened up. And then my heart, like I had this frozen heart. You know, my mom said, like, I never even liked hugging anyone in my family. And now it's all I do. I get 50 hugs a day. <laughs> and I've got the greatest job on the planet. You, you get know? to hug people all day. Yeah. So it's just, it was really, it was a heart opening experience mm-hmm. for me. And I think that's one of my values is when I'm there with a person, like how much love can I open up with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's loving service is one of our, it's our only technique, but it's the first technique we practice. 
Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, yeah, to have that experience, of course, when you experience something like that, that's so powerful, it is like, I want to share this. Yeah. Like that's like that act of service. And that's mm-hmm. where fulfillment comes from is by sharing and like helping people feel mm-hmm. better in their body or trusting. Mm-hmm. So what about someone that comes in that doesn't feel safe in their body that has had mm-hmm. some serious stuff happen to them, traumas, and like they come in, like, how do you handle that? Cause I'm sure there's mm-hmm. been different types that um, you see. You know, they kind of lead that. Mm. And I can relate to that in a lot of ways. My dad's a crystal meth addict. And so for many, many years, I was extremely locked down. Mm. And it took me, gosh, years to even like cry. And it wasn't until again, Autumn's group where I was in the group for maybe like a year and a half doing weekly transformative exercises. And then one day something just cracked Mm. and it completely like transformed me from the inside out um but they lead the way they they're the guide really we're just there Mm. to hold their hand Mm -hmm. in the journey um yeah it's it's all within the system though and in the capacity to heal is there it's just the want and Mm -hmm. the desire to heal it that's really the limitation Absolutely. And I know yeah. we, we talked about belief systems around mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. again, you do have to be open to it and how this does shift your belief system. So tell me a little bit about like the progression of someone's beliefs that go through this type of experience, because it really is an experience. Yeah, it's, you know, I always say it's not like we're flicking on a light switch for people. It's a dimmer switch. And to consistently break patterns and to integrate them fully, if it is a belief system, it takes a little bit of time. And you're working at the subconscious level. So if we talk about the brainwave, right now we're in beta brainwave state that allows for conscious communication. When you go into a meditative or healing state, the way that we set it up in the studio, you're getting them into a slightly hypnotic state. And we know this is true because kids from zero to seven are in a theta brainwave state. Mm. And from zero to seven, they're highly suggestible. And that's why we pick up all our personalities, all our belief systems, all our meanings of life from zero to seven. So no pressure to have kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm doing this work, so I don't. Yeah, it's it's huge. So that's when a lot of the neurological imprinting happens. So if people are coming into not necessarily, you know, put away a belief, but Mm -hmm. to process a belief and understand the origin of that belief, I think it happens on the table as a neurological pattern does come up, Mm -hmm. but we do reavows too. Mm -hmm. And talking out is sometimes helpful to bring it to the surface. And then with the adjustment, our intention goes into that Mm. and we can see the pattern expressing itself through the neurology. And yeah, it just, it'll come to the surface when it's ready. Mm. And it's not so much black and white. It's, I I don't love using the word it's intuitive. We're not psychics. That's not what we are. Right. But there's science to it. There's science (laughs) to it. And there's a check you can do. And yeah, it's just, it's really cool to see, you know, we had a lady who was afraid to drive on the Tempe bridge, scared, had an accident. And after about six months of care, she was just like, you know, I got on the bridge and just started driving. Well, what Mm -hmm. happened there? You know, I didn't, teach her anything different. Mm-hmm. I don't think she went to talk therapy or anything, but something happened where she was able to integrate that experience fully. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's like, it just happens. Same thing happens with forgiveness. You know, it's not like that day you forgave that person. It's just over time you go, wow, I don't have that charge anymore. Mm. That's interesting. It's not there. And it's not that you need to, to consciously and intentionally work on it every day. 
it's just your system has evolved and you've evolved as a human being mm. and your brain has changed. And so your state has changed and you've assigned a new meaning to that experience at a subconscious level that now you can consciously articulate. Mind blown. <laughs> that I mean, listening to all of that, just it makes so much sense because just from my own experience, like I told you, the podcast, a big part of it was my first adjustment or the first time I went in, my evaluation, uh, my jaw, my throat chakra, this area was very firm. And tracing it back to childhood, I never spoke up. I was always afraid to be called on. I could remember slinking down into a chair whenever we had to go do re like reading circles or spelling bees, spelling the word ceiling wrong. I remember the word getting laughed at, just things that like zip my mouth. I never wanted to say anything. Uh, same thing at childhood stuff, just seeing people fighting and wanting to say something, never would say a thing. Like always just became very agreeable, adaptable. And that's, that was my survival mechanism was just adapting and not saying anything. Within my first couple sessions, that completely changed. I was able to speak up and actually speak very clearly about how I was feeling instead of trying to please the people that I was talking to. And I do believe that that like belief like that's what happened was like, I let go of my inner child of like being so scared to, yeah. to speak and share, uh, to really stepping into like who I'm meant to be through that. So that makes so much sense, which is so cool. And like that, that can happen for anybody. It's not like, like special select people have that experience. You just have to be open to it. Right. And in addition, it's like when we have something traumatic happen to us, I mean, every experience is a gift, you know, yes. if we're able to learn and grow from those experiences. But when you have the trauma, what it does is it fragments in the system. So it creates um, disconnection within your mind, your body, your spirit. Uh, so the work on the table is creating this wholeness and you reconnect to all of these different fragments and put it all back together. So now the trauma is no longer like fragments in the system, but it actually becomes whole. And when it becomes whole, that's when you can like make meaning and mm -hmm. create a story out of it. And then that's when you can share your story mm -hmm. and have like an impact and you create that legacy and it has meaning and you can help sh like change lives through your story and everything that you've learned from all of these experiences that were once traumatic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's it's beautiful that you did that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks to, <laughs> to you too. I would have never known that that was going on. I really yeah. wouldn't have. And that's what's so interesting. I understand myself better than I ever have, which is, I mean, that's the whole point, you know, it's understanding our true self and not who we think we should be by just other people's beliefs, you right. know, the shoulds. So it's, to me, this whole practice is living a should-free life. Not be like, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. It's like exhausting. It's like, no, I just get to be me and I know why I'm me and like what I'm what I'm here to do. So thank you for thank giving me that experience. Um, so I want to kind of touch on like how does the nervous system work for someone that's listening and they're like, I'm kind of lost, but I'm kind of interested. I'm curious about what's going on. Like, let's get yeah. to the science part of it because okay. this is what gets me like really excited to learn like. The first time my sister introduced me to the book, The Body Keeps Score, mm -hmm. and you know, I started getting into it. And then when I went and saw you and I started to understand it more, it made me even more intrigued about like what that mind-body connection is with uh, the nervous system. Yeah. 
So I look at the nerve system, it's an expression system, it's a communication system, and it's kind of like a filtration device. So it's neurosensory in nature. Everything you've ever seen, tasted, touched, smelled, taken in from your environment has to be translated and imprinted on the internal body. So much like a computer processes information, it has a storage capacity, has a bandwidth, has a memory, um, has a processing speed, the nerve system is the same. But what people need to understand is everyone's nervous system is wired differently based on our experiences and based on the neurological wiring in those zero to seven years and the imprinting that happens. So I think everybody has a different computer operating software. We all have the same hardware. Mm. Brittany has a brain. Sarah has a brain. I have a brain. Mm -hmm. We all have the same nerves. They might be wandering in different areas. But in general, the hardware is the same. We just have different softwares that program it. So everything your system takes in, it takes in all this data and information and has to make sense of it. The brain doesn't like being in the dark. It doesn't like the unknown. Human beings don't even like the unknown. So when things aren't unknown, the brain kind of makes an accommodation for that and will say, well, let's just make it this idea or let's say it's this. Um, so it's always organizing information at a subconscious and a conscious level. And it communicates to all 100 trillion cells in your body. So I think it's really important that it's just, it is your communication blueprint. You can't get another one. We can't switch nerve systems because they are so uniquely defined. Um, anything you add? No. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Oh, fix. that was a great explanation. Because <laughs> yeah. it is like the way you explained it with, like we all have the same, you know, it's just different software. Yeah. We've got all the same hardware, but different from different experiences. Wow. So like with the nervous system and just overall general happiness, well-being, where like where does that play a part into like the human experience, I guess? I think happiness is a state. It's a vibration. It's mm -hmm. a frequency. And so if we were to open up the quantum ability in this conversation, everything is about energy. You know, you have 100 trillion cells, but when we break down what matter is, it's subatomic particles. And what Joe Dispenza speaks of we are way more space, way more energy than matter. So if you think of the body as being this bioenergetic field, not necessarily the meat soup, as Lady Gaga says it, but it's, <laughs> it's the energy, it's the capacity to transform matter. And maybe we need to take a step before we talk about nerve system is what is the electricity that runs through the nerve system? Because I can not adjust a corpse. Mm -hmm. I mean, a corpse has no electricity running through it. A corpse has a brain, spinal cord, has muscles. Mm -hmm. It has everything else. But it doesn't have an electricity running through it. And the energy that powers the human nerve system is really what you're adjusting or adjusting the life force within the system. It's just the nerve system is the channel for that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That makes, I mean, like the way you explain it, it's just because it is, I mean, it is pretty, like it seems very complicated, but when it, you explain it like that, it does, yeah. it starts to connect the dots. Yeah. And the purpose, yeah. it's kind of a, so if I'm driving and I see a red light, red light means something. It's not just red and green. Right. So your nerve system interprets meaning and creates mm. significance. And that's why stories are so powerful. All the stories you have are just neural imprints. Mm. And in a way, like when you do tell your story or you do share your story, you're sharing a neurological expression of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the blueprint of what we are. Um, but there's a lot at the subconscious level too, like in Body Keeps the Score. Sometimes there are stories that we don't even know. Right. There are traumas that were held in deeper patterns and they don't get expressed until a major life event happens or, you know, a huge experience that opens up those channels in the brain and nerve system, yeah. um, which is a whole 
other topic. Right. <laughs> well, like, well, we'll have to sit because then we could just go deep into that. What about like generational trauma? Is that mm-hmm. something that you see within um, like the nervous system or when you meet with clients or even from your experience from your dad? Like, was that something that like you had to work through as well? Because I'm sure there was something that happened oh, sure. in his life that was yeah, passed down, passed hand me down. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. the science is I think currently seven generations seven better. Generations. Seven generations. Yeah, seven generations. So, of course, I mean, I even see myself having belief systems of my grandparents, wow. you know? So who knows where it started, but my grandparents teach my mom, my mom teaches me, I'll teach my kids unless we break the cycle, mm-hmm. right? And I think awareness is the first step. Mm-hmm. So just understanding your belief systems is so huge Mm -hmm. and just question well why do I believe that I think most of the time we just believe things and we don't ever question them or Mm -hmm. where did I ever learn that or if you find that you do have a a limit in something just stop and ask well why because that doesn't make any sense I feel like we're limitless in so many capacities I'm in the nervous system I mean, is limitless. It's amazing if we can tap into the potential that is already running through our system. It opens up a completely different world. And really, it's these stories that get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so just understanding the belief systems that you have on a daily basis, because so much of our day is the same thoughts as yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 70% of those tend to be disempowering. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I mean, if you really want you don't need to read a self-help book. You are the self-help book. And I think if you stalk yourself and you stalk your thoughts and your patterns and your habits, when you look at it, you know exactly what Mm -hmm. you need to shift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of work to stalk yourself. We have journals stacked up in a closet Mm -hmm. at home and it takes work. But if you really want to change something, knowing what your imprinting is and then going back and reverse engineering it a bit, Mm It's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff that comes up that you never even thought of. It just didn't take any meaning to you. And then you reassign a new meaning and you can work with that thought and belief. Yeah. One of my favorite exercises is to do your life in five-year chunks. Mm-hmm. And then just go back into every five-year chunk and write down all the people you spent the most time with. Mm-hmm. And then for myself, I kept having this belief of I'm stupid. Like I have mm-hmm. nothing to share. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like we have <laughs> so much to share, right? And it wasn't, and I mean, we've done so much work, but this one has just stuck Mm. on. (laughs) And I was doing this exercise and I was like, oh my gosh, it was this person, my aunt, that I have been overlooking. I have never even thought to look at her, but she says, don't be so stupid. Mm. And it's not, she's not calling me stupid, but it's just something she says so often Mm. that I picked it up, you know? Mm. Because, I mean, when my mom was a single parent, my dad was doing a lot of drugs. I spent a lot of time with my aunt. You just download it. Totally. (laughs) And it was this, like, oh, my gosh, this revelation Mm. in my life not too long ago. Aha moments. Those are the best, though. (laughs) They're like, ah. Then you're like, yeah. There's, like, this whole range of, like, excitement. But then also, like, ah, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating. So I was going to ask you, so what is a practice that you've, done to kind of work through those limitations or work through those beliefs because what I do with my clients if I hear them say should a lot I'll stop them and be like whose belief is that yeah like, what do you mean I'm like well you're saying should 
if you want something, you just do it. Like you don't just, you shouldn't, should or shouldn't or need, none of that matters. Need, wants, shoulds, that's something else. So I always just like, I catch on to shoulds, but is there a practice that someone could like do today if they're like kind of caught up in that? Sure. So I like to think of, well, what is a belief system? It's just certainty about something. And well, how do you gain certainty about anything? It's experience, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think of a belief system that you want to start shifting or kind of shaking, I like to think of it as a table. And so write down the belief system on a piece of paper and now write down every single example that you can think of that supports that negative Mm -hmm. belief system. And now we get to rewrite the stories, Mm -hmm. you know, go shake those stories and then start creating a new belief system. So just flip it. So I'm stupid to I am a genius, you know, and create when were my genius moments and start building Mm -hmm. really strong legs under that table to support that belief system in my life. And if you don't have any, make them up because the nervous system doesn't know the difference difference. between past, present, and future. So just make it up, close your eyes, visualize it, feel it, and start creating that right moment that you're creating in the future absolutely I know so one because I had a very similar belief that I wasn't smart enough and I know exactly where (laughs) traditional schooling put me in a box put me in dumb math and all the you know or whatever but I like to say like if I have that thought I'm like I'm incredibly resourceful and it's funny my husband's the one that helped me realize that like I always got stuck and not feeling smart enough and when I'm around people that I view like very intelligent I go into my turtle shell but I just want to hide and now I've shifted that same thing I've like noticed the belief and I replace it with I'm resourceful like I'm going to figure things (laughs) out and I I have I've figured out a lot more than I ever thought I would with that like limiting belief so I love that practice that's a great that's a really easy oh that shouldn't say easy but it's a really good practice to get into and it's all practices all the stuff we talk about isn't like journaled once everything's great or (laughs) you know got one adjustment and all of a sudden my nervous system is dancing and happy like everything everything's a practice and it's ongoing and I love that you mentioned that that you're consistently always working on it. And I like, that's something that I just hammer home. Cause anytime I know personally, I've gotten to a place of like, I'm good. Everything's good. <laughs> something, someone takes a rug and pulls it out and I fall on my butt and every, you know, but it is that like that humble reminder. It's like, you just got to keep working on it. It becomes a part of your lifestyle. Totally. It becomes a part of your habits. So I want to know like some of your habits that kind of keep you grounded because I know, you know, we kind of talked about meditation journal, but is there something that has really been such a game changer because we are our habits? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love journaling as well as Sarah does. Mm-hmm. And I also really like just reflection time and it doesn't need to be meditation in nature, but I love either just moving my body in a very free way. Um, I think is very liberating because mm. we hold a lot in our bodies. And I'm also a very fiery person, so I just love to dance. Um, and it changes the vibration. It changes the state of the body. Um, I love also being in nature. It's definitely a huge habit that I have, a ritual of just being outside, getting natural vitamin D, and uh, just being in earth, being in the nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love that. And I think picking something that allows you to enter a flow state mm. is huge. Adjusting to me, because we do it so often, it becomes a flow state. Mm-hmm. So it's like our job is basically like if you have the ability to fly, that's what it feels like. So it's it's this ability to get into a very amazing state where 
life becomes timeless. I mean, I lose track of time. That's why I have to wear a watch when I adjust you guys. Yeah. So it's this engaging place to where finding something that takes you out of the, you know, worried about the past, worried about the mm. future, and you're just totally present and you lose track of time, um, I think is a great way to slow down and just be present. Mm. For yeah. me, I am... Um... I'm currently doing the artist's way. Mm. Have you heard oh, of that? I, since how the universe works, my <laughs> one of my clients introduced that to me from, yeah, and then I passed it along. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah we were just talking about it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So I've just been cultivating my inner artist. Awesome. I know. It's so <laughs> cool. Fun. What are you doing? Well, I've just been getting really into woodworking. Cool. Which is so random. <laughs> But I think it's so fun just to create with your hands. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it could be anything. Like, Keiko loves cooking. It's one of her go-to things. Mm -hmm. For me, I just love, like, playing with clay or painting. And lately, like, hand-making different things. But I'm really fascinated with Japanese joinery kind of things. So just, like, (laughs) so nerdy of me. But I love it. (laughs) Well, it's like cool because it's probably something yeah. you would have never imagined that you would right. get There's into. Like so much uh. intention and so much story behind like the wood yeah. to use and the tools to use and all that kind of stuff. So the artist way is a great option. It's really created a lot of new passion in me, which has been really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So I want to kind of go back to the humble beginnings. Okay. Um, I just want to know, like, where did where did this all come from? And like, there's mm. there's such a need for it. So when I discovered, like, you know, how the universe works out, I was like, where is this? Like, where is this bit? Like, what? Like, what? You know, yeah. why doesn't more things like this exist? Because there is a a need for for everything that you do and everything that you teach. Mm. Where does so, it come from? Like come from the from? actual beginning? Yeah. Beginning. Tell me. I want to know. Let's go back to the, like, catalyst of all of this. You know, I think it goes back to our group. I mean, we went to chiropractic school. It's four years. Education. It's did you great. meet at the, at the school? We did. We well, met and the school, school was in Dallas. School was in Dallas. Okay. Yes. So we met there. And, you know, education gets you so far. It gives you the bare bones of what you need to do. And you pass your boards. And that's great. But it's really how do you connect to people and how do you take care of people? Because I don't do an intake and go through your entire medical history. It's what are you doing in life? What are you feeling? What are your habits? What are your behaviors? What's your state of mind? Um, and I think that's where, you know, we wanted to bring people into kinfolk where they felt at home and they felt safe and they could offload their nerve systems because we're overwhelmed in life. And for us, it's the beginnings was it was rough. It was, it was it something you're you're pushing the envelope. Like you're a lot of people you are, are like you're doing what? something very different. Every time I try to explain, they're like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then you don't have to get yeah. it. Good. That means I get another appointment. I don't need you taking up my spot. It's extremely esoteric. It really is. Kinfolk is not trendy. No, it's not, but I put it. So something that I've really taken on is like fitting out. Like I've always Uh, wanted to fit in, but this type of stuff is what like, you know, what makes people feel good from the inside out. No longer is it searching for these external ways to to heal whatever's going on on the inside. It really is an inside job. And I've always said, I'm like health and wellness, happiness, all of the things that we want in life start from the inside. And that's what you, that's what you do there. You help people feel that from the inside out. So I'm sure the beginning was a little bit of a, I'm sure that was, you know, that's for the, that's how you appreciate it even more. And that's how you grow. Like we Mm -hmm. grew a ton. My first year, Sarah wasn't even with me my first year. Mm -hmm. So I had $300 in my bank account. 
And I said, okay, I need this space. And I asked my dad for first month's rent and a security deposit. And he gave it without any questions because that's the kind of man he is. Mm. Um, And I struggled, you know, I probably saw two, three people a day, Mm. if that. And after month three or four, it's just something shifted. Mm. And I don't know if, I think when you fall in love with your people and just the bigger vision of things, not like how to keep my lights and electricity on, um, something comes through you a little bit differently. And I just felt like the more I was just showing up, loving people and taking care of people and over delivering, I used to adjust people for like almost an hour. And obviously that's not sustainable. (laughs) No, by any means. Not sustainable. People would have to wait in the, you know, the waiting area before they left because they would, I can't drive home right now. Right. Sometimes that's how I feel when I leave. I'm like, I don't, should I drive (laughs) right now? I'm like on cloud nine. Yeah. So it was definitely, I had to learn. I had to learn Mm. how to build a practice and how to build a clientele and a culture and a meaning and put some vision behind it. Um, And Sarah came in probably what, two years later? Mm -hmm. At Immigrant. <laughs> I stole Sarah from Canada, and uh, yeah, it was you added so much to the practice in the studio, and, and you know it's just it's Sarah and I now. Yeah, it's always felt like that because she was still in Canada, and we would still stay in contact. But you know, it's the geography made that a little difficult. Yeah. Um, what does what was like the moment that you decided that you were going to make the move? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you tell us. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people, I think when you approach Sarah and I, they're like, are they business partners? Are they best friends? Are they sisters with a different dad? Like, (laughs) what are they? But, you know, truth be told, it's, we spent four years together in chiropractic school, Mm -hmm. best friends, inseparable. And then when we had to part ways, it's like, it all kind of hits you when you have to graduate Mm -hmm. and then leave the bubble Mm -hmm. or leave the tribe. It's like, what am I going to do without this person? This is all I've ever known. And I think when it happened, there was like this rebound effect of, oh my, I'm losing my person. Mm. And after I drove Sarah home to Canada and it's just, I was like, this can't be it. Mm. And so we really just shared where we were with each other and yeah, I guess fell in love in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> God, <so> cute. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it, since it's been that way since. Yeah. Yeah. So I started immigrating. Paperwork. How was yeah. that experience? Oh, like eight months. Oh, yeah, so it takes long. it takes a long time. It takes, it takes, I yeah. appreciate anyone who immigrates. Right. Because totally. It's I know we had something that I take for granted. Yeah. So easy. Um, she's not an American citizen yet. She's yeah. still Canadian, but yeah. yeah. Well, we should hold on to that. I think that being a Canadian yeah. is like you yeah. have an edge with that you right. know? Yeah. Like, oh, that's why you're so nice <laughs> that makes so much sense <laughs> that's true awesome. we are all nice <laughs> that's amazing so I like to leave listeners well well a couple things first um your superpowers so the way that this started was my superpowers positivity when I asked mm. friends and family that everyone like I asked like 15 people and they all said the same thing positivity that's when I really stepped into oh this is a strength this is a superpower how can I use this for good you know like how can I help people through my strength and you both have superpowers so I want to know if I surveyed your friends and family what they would say your superpowers are or superpower just one because yeah so what is yours maybe you should call mine I should call yours yeah let's do that I like that okay you're first Keiko is really good at making things better. So just like, <laughs> I say that in the most loving way. She's just really creative. And like, I don't know, one of my favorite 
tools for business is like giving yourself like writing your own three-star review five-star review seven-star review ten-star review and kiko's just really amazing at like adding that edge or like how can i take this and make it better but constantly be making it better i think that's your edge or your superpower superpower that's a great superpower it is it's great i think sarah is the universal listener She is. And listening is an art. You know this through coaching. It is an art. And Sarah has a gift at holding space and listening. Um, You can tell her anything. She's that person where even your deepest, darkest secrets, you know, will not leave her. I mean, she could be interrogated and she would not. She's just the most trusting uh, and greatest listener. Greatest listener. Those are both phenomenal superpowers yeah. <laughs> it's like they're not really the comic superpowers <laughs> no but... <laughs> no those are way better than any that's better than flying and being able to... i mean you actually do also both have the superpower you know what's going on inside people's body <laughs> there was one time where i i fell and sarah like fixed my hand by just like pressing on my fingers and i was like how'd you do that she was like it's my job <laughs> i was like it's fixed i can do plank i wasn't able to do plank i fell i haven't done plank in like a month and it was still bothering me she did, you did that thing and i was like how did you do that it was mind-blowing so you both have the superpower of knowing what's going on inside inside people and on so many different levels it's amazing um so <laughs> thanks for sharing your superpowers and i love the opposite like i'll tell you yours that just like made my heart explode <sighs> um okay so then some tangible action steps like we talked about so much and i want to make sure that um whoever's listening that are like interested in starting to feel better from the inside out obviously if they're local they can come see you at kinfolk and Mm -hmm. i'll share all of that information um, in the show notes but just a daily practice something that they can do today to really help get into that space of like living from the inside out not the outside in Mm -hmm. you got it i see it do I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sarah's full of these. <laughs> <laughs> she writes them on the mirror. I had yeah. a feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just finding something you love and doing it every single day. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but just allowing yourself five minutes. and It could be reading a book, you mm-hmm. know, reading a book. Just doing something that really makes your heart sing. Because I think a lot of our days, for a lot of people... It's like doing things you don't really love. Mm-hmm. So just honor yourself and do something you love for a few moments. Love that. Yeah. I've been uh I've been playing with just I love to move my body and working out is huge for me to facilitate that and then journaling or meditating mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Um but I kinda I think people are just afraid to do a little bit more mm-hmm. and we kinda give up too soon. So I love the one more. Mm-hmm. And if it's a rep, one more. If it's a totally. breath, one more. If it's, you know, something, it's one more second. Yes. And just, I think we, uh, we a lot of people f- maybe don't rise to the occasion because we just say, oh, I'll just do the status quo or I'll just do what's, you know, available. What's comfortable. Yeah, what's comfortable. But I kind of, it's good to be uncomfortable sometimes. And I wouldn't be where I was today unless I got really uncomfortable. And I think you could probably attest to the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, that's where we grow. We grow at the border of support and challenge. So I think whatever you are doing, just one more. One more. <laughs> I love that. Wait, you because you're a runner too, right? Yeah, I run. Yeah. So I, I've noticed that because I've changed my belief system because I used to say I'm not a runner and I questioned it and I was like, 
why not? Why aren't I a runner? Like, I'm going to become a runner. Sure enough, I've ran a lot more than I ever thought, but that's exactly how I am when I'm running. I'm always like one more mile. Like it is, it's like, I'm like, I don't be done yet. Even though I'm like exhausted, but I always have that mindset that I'm like, I can just do one more. So I love that you said that because that's how you grow. It's baby steps. It's not like taking this big leap and bounds, like one mile versus running a marathon. It's just like a little bit more each time. So I love that. Those are both phenomenal, great action (laughs) steps. I will share all of that goodness. So Oh man, I feel like we could just keep talking and keep going. And this is already going to be two episodes because we went a whole hour, which I had a feeling was going to happen just because I wanted to know so much. So thank you so much for your time. This was phenomenal. And I just, I can't wait for everyone to hear. Um, I can't wait for everyone to hear this and hopefully they'll come and see you. Absolutely. And Brittany, I just want to say, whatever you were building, it is monumental and your Mm -hmm. energy, it's gosh, it's a privilege to be here with you. It really is. So you are a huge light and we will do anything to support you. Thank you. That means (laughs) the world to me. Thank you so much. All right. Until next time. Woo. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. I could have sat and chatted with them all day long. They are both so incredibly knowledgeable about the human body and the nervous system and what That all has to do with our happiness. Unbelievable. I hope you got something out of this episode. I mean, there was so much goodness in there. Definitely worth listening to again. And those action steps, so tangible, so manageable. Find something you love and do it every day. Five minutes a day, that's it. You can totally do that. I want to know if you find something. Share it with us on Instagram. Tag me. Tag kinfolk optimal living we really want to know we want to support you in finding something that you love to do and the other action step was move your body i mean that to me is so simple you don't even have to go to a gym to do that you can get up and dance you can walk you can do your own sort of stretching and i love what dr keiko said about just doing one more one more breath, one more rep, one more mile. I think that it's so tangible and easy and that's how you're going to get to where you want to go. It's not that big leap. It's just by doing one more. So if you do these action steps, please tag us. I want to know. Share with me. Share with us. Make it a movement of taking action. That's what we need. We need more action in our lives. Um, So if you're local, listen in in Arizona, and this sparked interest in you and how Kinful can help you feeling your best from the inside out, getting basically, my friend and I call it your mind adjusted, but it's your nervous system. Uh, check out Kinfolk Op- Optimal Living. Tell them that you listened to this podcast episode or you know me and you will get a discount on your first visit. Okay. So until next time, love yourself own your happiness, and let your light shine because you, my friend, you are so worthy of it. I'll catch you next time.